listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. I was reviewing statements from the uh, heads of the World Economic Forum, uh, and they're, you know, relatively outspoken, relatively straightforward about what their plans and agenda is. Now, I say relatively because uh, one of the two heads, uh, Klaus Schwab, is, I guess, the official head, and there's these intellectual scientist type who's like the right-hand man, and he's, uh, he's extremely aggressive. And he made a comment about how the book uh, Brave New World had a profound influence on his life, as it did on my life. But then he, he talked about the fact that we're moving into a society that will be very much like Brave New World. Um, but then he distorted intentionally, he distorted uh, how Aldous Huxley, the author of Brave New World, portrayed this futuristic dictatorship. He said that the people in Brave New World were happy, that, quote, you know, it would be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <clears throat> well, that's not what the book says at all. I mean, it may have been that way for a small percentage of the people, but the overall percentage, the only reason they served the dictatorship, the only reason they went on with the program was because they were under the influence of scientific mind control and brainwashing and hypnotic programming and programming through mind-altering drugs, etc. So, so on one hand, he is being upfront about what their plans are, but then on the other hand, he completely distorts uh, his prime example and, and, and tells a little fairy tale. Now, when you listen to this guy talk, um, it's uh, really terrifying. It's terrifying not because um, we are afraid of him as an individual or whatever. It's terrifying because so many powerful people in our world, the heads of multinational corporations, the head of the World Health Organization, <clears throat> the Gates Foundation, the Rockefellers, uh, and on and on and on, <clears throat> they are running the world, and the blueprint they're using is Huxley's Brave New World, which is a, which is a nightmare that comes to life. And he made another interesting point. He said, the technology, <clears throat> excuse me, the technology in Brave New World is very antiquated. And that's because the book was written, I think, in, in the, the very early 50s. So, of course, the technology is antiquated. But he said, and I agree with him, but the, but the philosophy behind Brave New World is still in place. The idea of a top-down dictatorship how a small percentage, a tiny elite, the globalist elite, will rule over the masses of humanity with dictatorial control. That's what the book is all about. And that is what is happening in our world right now. So this is what's before us, and we need to take it seriously. First of all, if you're talking to anybody, anybody, but especially if you're talking to somebody who is a conservative or claims to be a evangelical Christian or whatever, um, you 
you have to listen carefully to, to what they're saying. If they don't understand what's going on, if they don't understand the plan that's being worked out right in front of us, if they don't understand the real agenda, the hidden agenda, but very real, of uh, the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and so on and so forth, then uh, those people, and I'm searching for a word because I'm not trying to be uh, unkind, you know, just to be unkind. I'm searching for a word that would identify uh, the kind of individual who is clueless and doesn't know what's going on. And because of their volitional choice to be clueless and not know what's going on, they are putting their children and their grandchildren and Christians around the world and themselves and our nation, because of their volitional choice to, to step out of reality, they are putting the rest of us in harm's way in, in the most serious manner. And in a second, I want to give you some facts and illustrations to, to prove what I just said. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. By the way, um, Mike Adams' uh, online publication, uh, Natural News, uh, picked up one of my programs exposing the fact that Marxism and communism are bankrolled by the international bank families. So you might want to go to uh, uh, Natural News and you can read the article and also listen to the entire show. Uh, the show is good because it's succinct and it gets to the bottom line as to why so called rational thinking people can just surrender their minds over and and believe in communism and Marxism, despite the fact that it has never worked anywhere uh, since it was conceived in the, in the late 1800s. It's failed 100% of the time. And that's the, that's the economic philosophy, the social philosophy, the governing philosophy that is catching hold of young adults, students, and adults. It's kind of like there's a revival going on. And the evangelists of communism, Marxism, and socialism um, are converting millions and millions of young Americans and adults to accept uh, as their savior, no pun intended, uh, communism, Marxism, and socialism, despite the fact that it's a total failure. Now, when you and so, so my article and the uh, hour program I recorded uh, is available on Mike Adams' uh, uh, news site, which is part of Brighteon. Now, now here's the thing: um, ask yourself the question: Why would? Uh, ideologies like communism and Marxism and socialism that have a 100% failure rate, why would they be growing and spreading of all places in America? 
on one hand, that's completely irrational. But on the other hand, and I go into this in the article, on the other hand, um, the reason it's happening is because uh, adults, students, young adults, Christians, non-Christians, and this is going on in the church also, um, they have been dumbed down for a number of generations, which means they have diminished logic, thinking skills, cognitive abilities, and they have little or no knowledge of uh, the historical truths surrounding communism and Marxism. And it's like a plague. And then the most important thing to understand about communism and Marxism and socialism, if, if you don't get anything else, you've you got to get this, because your life, your death, your survival, your children and grandchildren's survival depends on whether or not you get this all-essential point regarding communism, Marxism, and socialism. Always, 100% of the time, the number one agenda of every communist, Marxist, socialist movement, the number one agenda, always, without exception, is to target Bible-believing Christianity, the Bible, and Christians to target them for total destruction, then to begin to, to taking actions to destroy them, to destroy the leaders of Christianity, the, the promoters of the Bible, to absolutely destroy them, and to completely eradicate and remove Christianity from our nation. So not even a memory of it exists. That is, above all, the number one goal of communism, Marxism, and socialism. And, by the way, its offshoots, such as critical theory and critical race theory, which are both invented by communists, Marxists, and socialists, under the guise of teaching the Bible and under the guise of healing racism. What they really are is terminator mechanisms to destroy biblical Christianity. And so, it's sad to say this, but it's true. The number one target from the Marxists and the Socialists is to destroy biblical Christianity. But the number one objective is to eradicate it from the culture of America. And up there with those top goals, like the destruction of Christianity, is there priority goal to infiltrate the born-again evangelical church, to infiltrate it, to infiltrate its churches, its pastors, its seminaries, its colleges, its high schools, to infiltrate it, and then from within, like a Trojan horse, to corrupt it, to pervert it, and to replace it with a hybrid, so that it's no longer biblical Christianity that's being taught in these different areas. Instead, it's a Marxist uh, form of Christianity, a communist form of Christianity, which is not Christianity at all. And that's what we're dealing with. If you were to take an aerial view of what I call the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, and that's the title of a book I wrote last year, 
and you need to get a copy of it because it explains everything uh, leading up to where we are now, and it predicts everything that we're experiencing now, as does my book, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2, and the latest book that should be out in a couple of weeks, uh, Power from on High. We'll, we'll crack this open. Now, what I have to say, I say with urgency, but I say it with sobriety, and I also say it as this is a fact that I'm presenting to you. I have overwhelming documentation to back up the facts that I'm presenting to you. I have an enormous body of research consisting of interviews, firsthand publications, etc., etc., and the fact of the matter is there has been a long-term plan from the beginning, I would add, and I go into that in my book, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. From the beginning of the founding of America, there were two radically different ideological spiritual groups that came to settle America. Um, the first group were the Pilgrims and Puritans, who were strong Bible-believing Christians, but they were not airhead Bible-believing Christians. They were Bible-believing Christians that had a deep intellectual knowledge. They understood philosophy, history, theology, science, technology, law, government, and they knew the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. These are the men and women who settled early America. These are the men and women that created the, the template for our totally unique and free society built upon a biblical constitution, a biblical bill of rights, etc., etc. But at around the same time that the Pilgrims and Puritans were escaping uh, the King of England due to religious persecution, a group of secret infiltrators came into America, uh, headed up by men like Sir Francis Bacon and Sir John Dee. And they, they snuck in and they intermingled uh, with the Pilgrims and Puritans. They uh, hid their occultic uh, spiritual beliefs, and they pretended, at least on the exterior, they pretended they were just strong Bible-believing Christians. But in reality, they were not just strong Bible-believing Christians. They were heavy duty into the occult. Sir Francis Bacon was head of um, the Rosicrucians, one of the most powerful global occult groups in the world. Uh, Sir John Dee belonged to the Illuminati and numerous other occult movements. And um, the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, later on, Skull and Bones, the Freemasons, these were the secret societies that energized and, and mobilized the infiltration of hardcore occultists to come to America. And they mixed in with the Pilgrims and Puritans. In fact, they purchased or rented their own massive sailing ships. Uh, to sneak their people, the occultists, and mix them in uh, with the biblical pilgrims and Puritans. 
But in the end, it was the intellectual architecture of the Pilgrims and Puritans, which laid the groundwork for the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and uh, our religious liberties, freedom of speech, freedom from religion, freedom of the press, and so on and so forth. And it was the biblical worldview. And I want to emphasize this. It was the biblical worldview of the Bible-believing pilgrims and Puritans that created the blueprint for America's future. That's essential to understand. And um, America became great and prospered uh, because of the biblical worldview of the pilgrims and Puritans. Now, simultaneously, this occultic worldview that went back thousands and thousands of years uh, was secretly embedded into the colonies where the Pilgrims and Puritans were and the Freemasons were. So, in a moment, I want to tell you something about Sir Francis Bacon. You know, knowledge is power. And when you have a knowledge of the historical facts and details regarding the Pilgrims, Puritans, and the Rosicrucians, etc., then you have the intelligence you need, and I mean it in a peaceful, law-abiding, military sense, in the sense of spiritual warfare, then you have the intelligence you win, you have need to be victorious in spiritual warfare. This is Paul McGuire. Take advantage of the Huge savings on the books if you order now Power from on High, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Take advantage of our free archives. Take advantage of our free Roku channel. And we need your help. Time is running out very quickly. and We need your help to spread our message far and wide while the doors of opportunity are still open. So I'm asking you to stand with me in your donations and your contributions and help us finance this spiritual war. And I'm asking you to be an intercessory prayer warrior, and I'm asking you to be somebody who spreads our links far and wide. Thank you, by the way, to the individual or individuals who have been spreading our, our uh, Paul McGuire Report program links to people, our articles to people, and our videos to people. Thank you for doing that, because because of your efforts, you have greatly multiplied uh, the number of people we have been able to reach. Thank you for that. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a moment. All across the United States of America and all across the world, people are listening to the Paul McGuire Report, and they're spreading the Paul McGuire Report to their friends and people they know that would have an interest in our program content. Thank you for spreading it. And thank you for signing up on our lists, joining our lists, joining our watches, our views. All of those things help blow open the doors in social media. And so thank you for for helping us do that. Now, let's summarize where this is going. We are right now in an all-out battle in the history of mankind between the forces of evil, and by that I mean the the occult or Luciferian globalist elite, versus the middle class and the working class and the average American who believes in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, 
God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But things have changed. The globalist elite have all always been with us. They go back to ancient Babylon and they go back to ancient Egypt. It's just, and they were with us sixty years ago and fifty years ago. But sometime after that, they began to radically change their strategy, and they became very militant. And they decided that they were gods, and they would accomplish their goals by any means necessary, which means genetically modifying human beings, killing them off, and even worse radical measures. And they are doing that, make no mistake about it. So, what, what the, one of the primary calls of this ministry is, is to attempt to educate people in the United States, especially Christians, with what's really going on, and to communicate it using language and words that are easy for everybody to understand and grasp, so that we can open people's eyes before it's too late. This, everything you see happening around you, on television, in the news, all these crises, all these tragedies, all this COVID stuff, all of it, none of this is happening by random chance. It's all happening as part of a long-term planned operation. And it's designed to subjugate um, the average American, the middle class and the lower class, so that the globalist elite can take over our nation by conquering the middle class and the working class. That's the, that's the game plan. Now, um, the first methodology that the globalist elite work is what is in the area we could call the battle of the mind. Many people don't even understand that the battle of the mind is not some science fiction type of scenario. The battle for the mind is really highly sophisticated scientific mind control, brainwashing, social engineering, advertising, public relations, behavior modification, things of that nature. That is where the central war or the central battle is raging. And the idea is to brainwash as many people as you possibly can, as fast as you can, to get them to move in lockstep with the plans uh, and the goals of the globalist elite. And so going way back to Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World, and it was interesting, I was watching a video about uh, the, the second in command of the, uh, of the uh, World Economic Forum, uh, the right-hand man to Klaus Schwab, uh, was talking in this video, and he just openly said that the most important book that he had ever read, he read as a young boy, and the name of that book was Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Now, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley uh, was also a book that I read uh, in, in grammar school, and it did more to open my eyes, because I wasn't a Christian back then, it did to, more to open my eyes to what was going on more than any other book. And he was essentially saying, out in the open, as head of the World Economic Forum, he was essentially saying out in the open that their game plan, their strategy, was built upon the strategy of Aldous Huxley and Brave New World. 
That's what he was saying. But he very, very much like a serpent, he slithered over key points in his comparison between Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and what's going on now. And so in snake-like fashion, what he slithered over was the fact that none of the millions of people who had been subjugated by this futuristic dictatorship depicted in Brave New World, none of them chose willfully to be the slaves and the worker bees for the globalist elite. All of them were psychologically hypnotized or programmed or psychologically uh, uh, programmed to, to not, first of all, not even know that they were under mind control. Second of all, have no idea that they were being brainwashed. Third of all, had no concept whatsoever that they were under the influence of full-blown scientific mind control. And so, as Huxley said to a convention of neuropsychiatrists in 1961, he said, we will program the people so efficiently that they will learn to love their servitude, which simply means we're going to hypnotize and program the masses so effectively that they are going to be programmed and brainwashed so efficiently that they will actually love being slaves in this uh, uh, futuristic dictatorship. And they won't complain about it because they'll never be happier uh, than they've been in their entire lives. They will be brainwashed to believe that they're in paradise. And so they will perceive their labors and their duties for the scientific elite. They will perceive their labors as a thing of ultimate joy and happiness. And that's parallel to what uh, they said, the people behind the Global Reset said when they said, you will own nothing, but you will never be happier in your whole life. That's, that's what happens to you when you're brainwashed and under scientific mind control. Now, what I'm about to share with you will be obvious to most of you who are regular listeners to the Paul McGuire Report. but. I would assume that the vast majority of your family, friends, and people you know, that it will, including Christians, that it will not be obvious to them. Because basically what we have in, in America today is we have two different sectors, two different camps. We have the camp of people that are oblivious, they're brainwashed, they don't think, they don't question. And then we have the camp of people that are wide awake, they know what's going on, they're not programmed, and they're not brainwashed. And ultimately, both of these sides are going to, they're doing it now, they're engaged in a conflict of ideas and debates and worldviews, um, and the outcome will be one side will win, one side will lose. But where America is going very quickly, and you, you really have to wrap your mind around it, and you have to own this truth. You can't, you can't flirt with this truth. You can't uh, uh, toy with it. You, you, you have to, through knowledge and research and education, 
You have to come to the place in your life where you recognize that this global evil, this evil coming upon the United States of America in the form of the global reset, is uh, an all out invasion of American society, America as a free nation, America and its constitution and its Bill of Rights. You have to understand that we have been invaded by a militant ideological enemy beginning to take off about 60 years ago. And they have a radically different philosophy than we have. And their philosophy, by any means necessary, they fully intend to take over every single institution in America, either by force, by political force, by military force, by psychological warfare, uh, by brainwashing, by a coup, by cheating, by stealing elections, by rioting in the streets, whatever it takes, that's what they're going to do. And so we have to come to the place where we have a radical confrontation with our own belief system, our own theology, and we can no longer afford the luxury of operating in the twilight zone. Because if we continue to operate in the twilight zone, we are going to be slaughtered by our enemies. Why? Because our enemies do not have a Judeo-Christian belief system. They don't believe that God is love. They believe that man is an evolved animal, and that all of us are here not by the creation of God. We're here through random evolutionary choice. We're evolved animals. And, and since that's the case, might makes right. Uh, whoever is the strongest and the most brutal wins the war, wins the debate. That's what we're up against. Now, the other thing that we need to come to terms with, and there's, many, there's millions of Christians in America and around the world who unfortunately are dragging their feet regarding the acceptance of this biblical truth. Intellectually and theologically, they know that they should be accepting this biblical truth as truth, because it is truth. But they're in rebellion to God intellectually, so they're dragging their feet. They're fighting against God from accepting uh, God's worldview, God's rules, God's commandments as final authority. They're dragging their feet. And so the result of that is because so many Christians who are supposed to be biblical, who are supposed to be um, believing God, uh, supposed to be having a biblical worldview, they're not. They are under the seduction of the great apostasy, which means the great falling away from the truth or the faith in the last days. In the Bible, it says that in the last days, in the end times, God's people, true biblical Christians, will start to depart from walking in the faith. They will start to uh, enter the great apostasy, which is a spiritual falling away from the truth and a spiritual departure from the truth uh, and a rejection of biblical truth in favor of humanism and mysticism and occultism. And that's what's happening now. And the Bible warns us 
very vigorously. The Bible warns us and says, in the last days, there's going to be a great apostasy, a great falling away. That means trillions of people will fall away from a legitimate relationship to Jesus Christ and the Word of God. They will fall away from that. And then they will begin to accept spiritual error, spiritual deception, and they will begin to follow the doctrines of Lucifer, deceiving spirits, lying spirits, false prophets, false teachers, false gospels, and so on and so forth. And on one hand, the great falling away, the great apostasy, and the great deception is all part of this last great end-time spiritual battle. And millions of Christians are being caught up in it. In addition, all those Christians who have chosen to wear the full armor of God uh, on a daily basis and are fighting uh, biblical spiritual warfare have prepared themselves for this last day spiritual battle, and they are not being deceived. They are not falling away from the faith, and they are anointed by God, and they're winning people to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior by the millions. So this battle is raging on planet Earth, again, from a topographical viewpoint, from an aerial viewpoint. What does it mean? It means that we live in a reality composed of multiple dimensions. And in the dimension of the invisible realm, which is the dimension of the spiritual realm, Satan or Lucifer, the fallen angels, the principalities and powers, the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places, and the demonic armies are all engaged in a life and death battle with Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angels, spirits of deception, and all of these people and individuals and groups that are following Satan are in reality waging war against Jesus Christ, God's angels, um, the, the various rankings of the angels of God, the armies of heaven, and the chariots of fire. You see, As the Christian culture, one of the most crippling forces that we will encounter in churches and Bible studies, let me me just flat out tell you the truth where the uh, rubber meets the road. Let me not pull any punches here. Let me tell you exactly how it is and how it's being played out. There's two kinds of Christians, just like there has always been two kinds of believers from Genesis to Revelation. One kind of Christian believes God, obeys God, and has faith in God and faith in God's Word. That's one kind of Christian. The other kind of Christian has unbelief, has rejected their faith in God, and is attempting to to walk uh, in their own strength and power. Now, the Christians that are attempting to walk in their own strength and power are going to be ultimately defeated and destroyed by the supernatural powers of darkness. All of this, as the Bible teaches us, is bringing us closer and closer uh, into the last days between the believing church and the unbelieving church, and it will cultivate 
it will culminate in, in a mighty battle. And, and a first part of that mighty battle is that there will be millions of Christians, because we're going into a transition period right now. That transition period is being called, uh, uh, it was being called the New World Order. Now it's being called the Global Reset. And the New World Order, which began in ancient Babylon, consisted of a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world economic system, and that was the, the New World Order. Now, um, in the book of Revelation, uh, the New World Order, or Mystery Babylon, is brought up again, and it consists of a one-world religion, a one-world government, and a one-world economic system. And that is headed up by the false prophet um, who is in charge of the uh, occultic one-world religion and the false prophet who is in charge of the occultic one-world economic system and the false prophet who is in charge of uh, the mark of the beast 666, the nanotechnology, the DNA technology, where the Antichrist and the world system no longer use paper money or cash. They now use uh, a microchip implant, a DNA chip implant, or some kind of wireless technology to conduct all business transactions. And so at some point, that has not arrived yet, but it's coming towards us quickly. At some point, the global reset, because they're all the, the leaders like Bill Gates of the global reset, Klaus Schwab of the global reset, are already talking about this in the open. At some point, they're going to make another transition uh, in the global reset, and they're going to make it mandatory that if you want to participate in the one world economic system, if you want to participate in, in the one world religion, uh, if you want to be able to buy or sell economically, then you're going to have to receive the nanochip implant or the DNA chip implant or the DNA modification necessary uh, to, to include you in the one world economic system and the one world religion. But in order to do that, you're going to have to pledge your allegiance to worship the Antichrist as God and pledged your allegiance to worship the mark of the beast, 666. And then finally, you're going to have to publicly reject the Antichrist as God. You're going to have to publicly reject uh, the mark of the beast and uh, uh, the nanochip or DNA chip implant. So, they won't be able to, there's no room to waffle between two decisions. You either worship the Antichrist and you get the DNA chip implant, or you refuse the DNA chip implant and you don't worship the Antichrist. Now, when you worship the Antichrist, it's going to cause a massive neurological change uh, in your body and brain. And we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, 
but we need to pay attention to certain factors that are happening now. So, for example, uh, and I want to say this carefully, and please don't run off and misconstrue what I'm saying, and please don't become hysterical and, and, and start to say that Paul McGuire is saying this and Paul McGuire is saying that, unless you really understand what I'm saying. What I am saying within certain degrees and parameters is that the global reset, they have already told you what it is. It is the new world order. I I was listening today to the second in command of the World Economic Forum and what their goals were. He just came right out and said said it uh, on a global level. The head of the World Economic Forum said that uh, their goal is to make all men and women gods. And he said that over and over again in a variety of ways, that the goal of the Global Economic Forum was to make all men and women gods. Now, that is very bold, because this, this guy is, is no dummy. I I would venture to say he probably knows the Bible better than most Christians. And he knew the theological implications of such a statement. He knew that those were the exact words that Satan said to uh, Eve in the Garden of Eden. And and how Satan coaxed Eve to eat from the, the fruit of the middle of the tree. So, when you receive the nanochip implant or the DNA chip implant. And there are a variety of technologies, secondary technologies that go along with this. We don't know if all of them work together synergistically or if they work in cooperation, but each one has a different function. But the way the head of the World Economic Forum explained it was that there's going to be the rollout of a whole new global system. And there are many, many ways, he implied, you know, they do a lot of implication. He implied there are many ways for people to get the biotechnology they need so so they can be a new kind of human being, a brand new kind of human being, with a brand new kind of DNA. And that um, in order to receive the mark of the beast 666 and participate in the global economic system, you are going to have to receive this nanochip implant, the DNA chip implant, or whatever other technology is required. That will plug you into a hive mind or a world brain They will have a database on every person of planet Earth that is, each database has massive memory concerning every individual on planet Earth. Their childhood memories, their experiences, the day they had a fever and had to come home from first grade. This this is like micromanagement of steroids. And so this will plug them in to what Christians are calling the beast system, the mark of the beast system, because the mark of the beast system 
simply says, you will not be able to buy or sell unless you receive the mark of the beast and the chip implant, 666, which is wireless. And then and only then will you be able to buy and sell and get a house and have credit and everything else because you will be plugged in via a wireless global system. Now, right now, and, and, and there's been illusions in the last several weeks, not statements of fact, but people alluding to potential facts like there being hints being dropped that maybe if you ingested certain kinds of food, maybe if you got other vaccinations in the past, maybe if you ingested this or that or whatever, or took whatever biological or genetic material into your body, and they listed a whole range of things, that perhaps you would have uh, this new DNA modification uh, introduced into your brain and body. So you're then a new man or a new woman, not in the spiritual sense, but in a technological sense. So once you ingest something in your body that modifies your DNA, and now here we're going to call it potential, it potentially has the ability to transform you from a 100% human human being or a 100% uh, synthetic human being or artificial human being, and then you will be able to merge that with the Mark of the Beast technology, which for right now will most likely, the 5G technology is inside you, and you will be able to be in wireless communication with the global financial system. And you'll be able to buy and sell, conduct financial transactions, rent a car or whatever. All. Uh, you won't even need a keyboard. As this thing accelerates, you won't need a keyboard. Now, right now, everybody who has ingested um, any of the new technologies, that could be a vaccination, it could be any number of things, and I don't want to list them because these other things that potentially can be ingested, these have been dropped as hints at the present moment. So let's just leave them in that category. But the people who have the vaccination and the people who have used alternative methods of ingestion, you have uh, a, a large percentage of certain compounds now in your body, like self-assembling nanobots. That's like a a biological robot that that builds itself up from your DNA inside of you or in your brain. And then with the compound graphene oxide, which is has a high metal content, you automatically become an individual who is a wireless broadcaster. You are a wireless broadcaster and transmitter of content. And then, with things like graphene oxide technology, you, you are a wireless receiver of all kinds of content. All of this is driven forcefully, and all of this is energized by the new 5G technology. The, the new 5G technology 
will accelerate the power of all this and the speed of all this. So you have to understand that the human race, this is part of the global reset, the human race is being rebooted. And potentially, you are human 2.0. That may not be a good thing. And as human 2.0, it is possible that your DNA has been modified so radically that you no longer have 100% human DNA or 100% human genetic code. You now have a genetic code that has been modified, and you now have imitation DNA, or you now have artificial DNA, or you now have synthetic DNA. So let's review this again. On planet Earth right now, there are two kinds of people living on planet Earth. And the first kind is people who have 100% human DNA. 100% DNA that genealogically you can trace directly back to the biblical creator God. And the Bible says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. So if you were created in the image of God, you are 100% authentic female or 100% male genetically. Now, you, can, you also broadcast that, and you also receive that. But that's the purity of the humanness of your DNA is all based on the fact that your genealogical chain wasn't interrupted. There was no hybrid uh, sexual reproduction, and by that I mean Nowhere in your family tree did a man impregnate a, a, a Nephilim or Rephium female, and nowhere in your family tree did a female have a sexual relationship with uh, a Nephilim or Rephium male. Because in both those cases, you would no longer be 100% human in your DNA. You would be a hybrid species of human being. A hybrid species of human being means you would be a mixture of human DNA and non-human DNA. That means part of your DNA would be human, part of your DNA would be uh, Nephilim or Rephium, depending upon your genealogical uh, lineage. So, that means your ancestors we're always mating with 100% DNA human beings. So you are 100% DNA human being. Now, the other major category of human beings on planet Earth are those human beings that have synthetic DNA through technological alteration, or they have synthetic DNA due to mating with... um, Nephilim mating with human females, fallen angels mating with human females, uh, fallen angels mating with uh, uh, human males. And that hybrid race is a mixture of human DNA and 
um, fallen angel DNA. So anyone who is a hybrid, you have imitation DNA, you have hybrid DNA, your DNA is not 100% human, your DNA is not 100% uh, it's not 100% human. You are what's called a synthetic human being, an artificial human being, an imitation human being. And the short word for that, we've used it before a number of times, is you're a synth, S-Y-N-T-H, a, a person whose DNA is synthetic. It's a blend of human DNA and uh, fallen angel DNA. Now, the, the huge problem that now exists, and, and this head of the uh, World Economic Forum and the Global Reset was acknowledging it. He is by no means a biblical Christian, but he's a brilliant intellectual. He's philosophically honest, and unfortunately, he grasps the big, big issues and the big implications. He grasps them with a far high level level of intelligence and clarity and philosophical and scientific understanding than the average Christian grasps. And, and that's, that's, that's an embarrassment. That's not the way God intended to make his children. They're not supposed to be second class. So you have to understand that once a person's DNA has been modified, you no longer can reproduce in, in any form and have offspring that are 100% human beings. Okay? Now, that means you yourself might be a synthetic human being. But the point is, a fundamental change has occurred in your DNA, which is irreversible. You are um, officially non-human and have imitation DNA. That means, according to the law of God, it is impossible for you to uh, have salvation. It is impossible for you to have your sins forgiven by faith. It is impossible for you to have your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus, and you it's impossible for you to become human. It's impossible for you to become, uh, to, to have eternal life, to have a brand new glorified body. It's impossible for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's impossible for you to live forever with Jesus Christ. Why? Because the law of God says that salvation is only available to 100% genetic, 100% DNA human beings who have put their faith in Christ and are born again. Only and only those people exclusively can become born-again human beings and have eternal life. The other part of mankind cannot be saved, cannot be born again, cannot have their sins forgiven cannot enter the kingdom of heaven because their human because their DNA has been corrupted. Now, what moves this into the area of great seriousness is we now have potentially trillions of people who are calling themselves human beings on planet Earth who are not in fact human. And that means they are essentially dead to the Spirit of God, 
they're dead to God's call uh, to come to him, repent, and experience salvation. And, and they're dead to, to, to having a conscience, having the agape love of Jesus Christ. They're dead to, to joining on God's side with the angels of God and the saints of God. And when Christ comes back at the second coming to defeat the evil one at Armageddon, all those human beings that sold their souls to Satan, uh, all those human beings that have synthetic uh, DNA, etc., none of those people will be allowed to enter into the kingdom of heaven. They will all be forced to enter the lake of fire forever and ever, because they are not human beings. And once again, salvation is only available to those people who are human beings. This brings us to a fact, which is we are in the last days. This is the final countdown. You can pretend that it's not the final countdown. You can pretend it's not the last days. But every piece of evidence surrounding you is testifying to the fact that, yes, we are in the last days. Now, that brings up a commandment directly from Jesus Christ to you. And this is the commandment. Jesus Christ said to you and I that in the last days, we are to occupy until he comes. We are to exercise dominion spiritually and occupy spiritually until he comes. And we do that by ruling and reigning and exercising our authority in Christ because Christ has given us that authority, the authority to rule and reign. Now, that authority to rule and reign applies to whatever time frame we may be in. So, if we are approaching the rapture of the church, we're still expected to occupy until Christ comes. And the coming of Christ, in this case, would refer to the rapture of the church. It's still an an operative commandment. Or, um, if the timing of the Lord's return is connected to the second coming of Jesus Christ, and notice I'm not taking a particular position, only because I want to stress the fact that this commandment, we're still responsible to obey this commandment, whatever the prophetic timetable is. So, if we are not coming close to the time of the rapture, but instead we're coming close to the second coming of Jesus Christ, then the commandment of Jesus Christ is still valid and operational, and we're still responsible to obey it. So, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, we are to obey Christ and to occupy until Christ comes, which would mean right up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, we're to occupy until he comes. So, what does that spiritual occupation look like in the scenario of being very close to the rapture? Or what does that occupation look like 
being very close to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, the, the, the nature of the occupation is very similar. It requires that you and I, as true born-again believers, exercise our God-given authority as true biblical Christians. We have been given the full authority in Jesus Christ. We've been given the dunamis power of God. We've been given the power of binding and loosing. We've been clothed with power from on high. And we have the power of intercessory prayer warfare. We have the power of evangelism and winning souls for Christ and bringing in the last day soul harvest. We have the power of being anointed watchmen and standing up and blowing the trumpet or the shofar of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are still obligated before our Lord and Supreme Commander, Jesus Christ, to be involved in this great last-day spiritual battle. And so, we have a job to do. Every one of you listening to me, Paul McGuire, your children, your grandchildren, or whatever, if you claim to be truly a born-again Christian, that means you, you have become born again by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, who has taken up residence in your inner man or woman. Once the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you have been supernaturally energized. The Spirit of Truth dwells inside of you. Uh, Jesus Christ, who is the Holy Spirit, he dwells inside of you. And you are commanded by God to join sides with the Lord Jesus Christ, occupy until he comes and wage a spiritual warfare, a law-abiding and peaceful spiritual warfare in the invisible realm of the spiritual world uh, through prayer, intercession, and fasting. You're to wage warfare so that strongholds are broken, so that blind eyes are open, so that miracles are released, so that signs and wonders are released, so that people's hearts are quickened and touched, and as the body of Christ in America moves forward in obedience to Jesus, completely without fear. So you now transition into a completely fearless state. You are marching forward under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, clothed with power from on high and wearing the full armor of God. And you engage in the spiritual realm in every spiritual battle that Jesus is engaged in. You engage in Armageddon. You engage in every last day's battle. Because the assignment that Christ has given you and me should be burning with the power of the Holy Spirit with great fury. And out of, out of our inmost being, the burning of the Holy Spirit should cause us to move forward boldly, without fear, and bring in the last day's soul harvest. And that means we together, anointed by the Spirit of God, are to bring in trillions or hundreds of billions of people into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they will spend all eternity with us. And that means 
Let's get down to business here. That means your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, coworkers, whatever. The Lord leads you with sensitivity and strategic spe- uh, specificness uh, to, to share your faith with people he brings your way. And that means in America, because we're talking about a global harvest, that means in America, the church in America cannot move forward. And I need you to hear me on this. The church in America cannot move forward unless the church in America first repents of its primary sins. You need to hear that and take ownership of it just like I do. So that means, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. So if my people, that's us, God's children, will humble themselves, that means we need to repent of pride and bow our hearts and minds before Jesus Christ. If my people will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, that means you're to turn and reject through the power of the Holy Spirit from all forms of sin. Whatever form of sin it is, when the Lord convicts you, ask him for forgiveness, ask him to cleanse you with the blood, and ask him to give you the power to sanctify your inner man or inner woman and to break you free of all bondage. And then allow, you don't have to be like hyper-legalistic, hyper-paranoid, and hyper-inflicting self-condemnation upon yourself. But what you have to do is open your mind when you humble yourself before God to the possibility that God may very well be bringing up certain issues, certain sins that you have never thought about. I'm not talking about cultivating hyperparanoia. I'm saying if you really want revival, you've got to be willing to be shaken up a bit. You've got to be willing to allow the Lord to, to convict you of sins that you didn't really think were sins. You didn't think about it. And that will make you malleable, flexible. And it's flexible, malleable people that are humble people. And those are the people that God uses as instruments of Holy Spirit revival. Let me give you an example. Christians are are obsessed with certain sins, especially in the sexual area. I'm not I'm not saying you're off the hook uh, of God's commands of sexual purity and sexual morality. Those those can be sins when you violate them. And I am not arguing for um, critical race theory, which is a Marxist, communist, Trojan horse uh, into the evangelical church strategy. I am not advocating critical race theory at all. But it may be, it may be, and you don't fake it because you see it on TV, it may be that you need to repent before the Lord and admit the fact um, that you. excessively judge people of certain races, that secretly you have a dislike of people of certain races, um, 
and you need to be specific in your repentance. Ask the Lord to cleanse you with his blood and ask the Lord to fill you with his agape love. That means you're asking the Lord to fill you with his agape love regarding certain races and ethnic groups, which means you will be given the power to love them with a pure heart. And so this will not be some phony act, because this will be something that's produced in a pure sense by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God. And you're not doing it to be politically correct. You're not doing it to uh, mold and shape yourself after critical race theory. You do it only, not out of some legalist requirement because it sounds cool. You do it only if the Lord is convicting you. And then, then you repent. Now, the key is to obey the Lord. Let's throw something else out. Very rarely do you hear Christians repent of this. But the fact of the matter is, the average evangelical Christian in America, by themselves, they do not even lead one person into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I didn't say that to condemn anyone. I fully understand that we live in a brave new world. And if you share the gospel, you could be fired. If you share the gospel, you could be penal, uh, penalized and never promoted or never get a raise or never get an opportunity to advance in your career. When even though you're diligent and you're, you're faithful as a steward of your career, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do dumb things that will destroy your career. That isn't making an idol out of your career. That isn't putting your career first and Jesus second. That is using the wisdom that God expects you to use while you're on this earth. Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. So you do seek the Lord for wisdom. And that means your witness may have to be birthed and forged in the fires of the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And that's acceptable to God. You don't have to go around and say, Jesus saves, Jesus saves all the time. That's fine in certain professions where things are loose. So, also, there are other options for bringing in the last day's soul harvest. And these are real options. If the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart and convicting you and calling you to make a contribution or a donation financially to a particular minister or ministry because your heart bears witness to what they're doing and how they're preaching the gospel and you know they're winning souls to Jesus Christ that other people are not winning to Jesus Christ. You're willing to partner with the ministry that's free to boldly preach the gospel in unorthodox ways. That is counted to you by God as an acceptable way for you to preach the gospel. So when you're preaching the gospel in ways because you can't, 
by partnering with a ministry or a minister by making a donation or a contribution, then then you're not part of that group of Christians that leads nobody to Jesus Christ, because you share in the reward of partnering with a ministry that leads people to Jesus Christ on a regular basis. Why? Because your donations and contributions, if they're brought to the Lord in worship, if they're brought to the Lord because you're responding to the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord will honor that as an acceptable sacrifice, and you will be eligible to win the crown of salvation, which is given to faithful soul winners. Why? Because you partnered with the ministries that God brought your way faithfully. Now, the Lord may lead you in another direction. The Lord may play uh, uh, place another burden in, in your heart. You'll be faithful um, to the degree you obey, but you will not be rewarded um, regarding the, the ways you disobey. I mean, it's kind of simple. So, these are what is before us. Now, right now, if there is not a sufficient response by the body of Christ in America that goes out throughout the entire world, and by that I mean the level of danger is red alert in America and across the world. We're on the precipice of a great dam bursting, and our nation and our cities being flooded with the the rivers of destruction and millions and millions of people perishing. That's a very serious thing. And we're right on the precipice of that. Now, there is no question that right now at this moment, God is calling many of you to to stand with us, to partner with us, to, to contribute and donate into this ministry so that we can continue to warn the body of Christ, that we can continue to spearhead this rise and call uh, the armies, the peaceful, law-abiding armies of the living God to rise and drive out the demonic armies from our land. There's no question that that is happening at this exact moment. God gives you a choice. You can obey or disobey. But you have to understand that if you look at history and you look at all the mathematical models, you must understand in your heart and your mind that we are very quickly uh, approaching the point of no return. And that means if we continue to harden our hearts against God and disobey him, we are moving quickly into, into a valley of slaughter of which there will be no return. And you cannot presume to know when the rapture is coming. God didn't guarantee that the moment a particular part of the body of Christ got in trouble, that he would deliver them. Maybe he will. But if you open your Bible, you don't see that level of specificness. God is calling many, many of his people across America and the world. God is calling many people listening to this program right now. I'm telling you humbly, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is energizing me and quickening me 
and calling me, and I'm doing the best I can with what he's given to me to speak what he's spoken into my heart. We must rise under his strength, his anointing, and his wisdom. We must rise under the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can engage the evil one, the fallen angel armies, the demonic armies, and the Luciferian structures. We must confront them with spiritual weapons now in the invisible realm, and we must turn the tide of the spiritual battle now and drive these enemies that are heavily entrenched in our government, our nation, the institutions of our nation, and the peoples of our nation. The only way that can happen is that we need to cry out to God and ask him for his supernatural help, his supernatural deliverance. We need to be clothed with power from on high. We need to have the mind of Christ. We need to have the angelic armies back us up. We need to have uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the full armor of God on. And then as we're quickened, as you are being quickened now by the power of the Holy Spirit, because it's a very real thing, as you're being quickened now by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can feel what amounts to a jump start of divine energy. It's like there's a, it's like there's a, a massive blast or Holy Spirit spark leaving me and other believers, and it's traveling a short distance in the invisible realm, and the spark that explodes from within me lands in your inner man and inner woman and explodes with the dunamis and anoints you. It's that way now that revival spreads. So right now, revival is spreading. But I need your help in all the ways and more that I mentioned to wage this level of spiritual warfare and, in Jesus' name, take back the land spiritually that was stolen from us and turn the tide of the spiritual battle. Why? Because nothing, absolutely nothing, is impossible with God. And it is he, Jesus Christ, he is the solid rock upon which I stand. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Paul